Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Scott Luton and Allison Giddens here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Allison, how are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Doing wonderful. You're just getting back from a, another trip. I think I saw you keynoting yes. uh, at a, a cyber-related conference. Is I don't that right? know. That, that makes me sound a lot more important. Uh, it was one of <laughs> one presentation of many. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. Tampa. Well, we'll have to debrief you later, but great to have you here today. We've got an outstanding uh, show line that we're going to be diving into the story of a supply chain leader doing big things in the industry, especially from a technology leadership standpoint. So, Allison, one heck of a show teed up, huh? Heck yes. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, with that said, I want to dive right in. I want to welcome in our featured guest, Alex McGuire, Vice President and Chief Supply Chain Officer for General Dynamics Information Technology. Hey, hey, Alex, how you doing? Hey, good morning. I'm excellent, Scott. Thanks for having me. We are tickled pink to have you here, Alex. I know how busy you stay. We appreciate your time. Get looking forward to getting to know you a little better. Uh, on that note, Allison, where are we starting with Alex? I, well, I just recently got connected to Alex, so I'm very excited to get to know him a little bit better and kind of wanted to, to level set, learn a little bit about you. Can you tell us about where you grew up and maybe anything that you'd like to share from, from those days? <laughs> sure thing, Allison. Um, let's see, I grew up. Uh, on Long Island, uh, great place. If uh, if you've not been there, great place. So when I was a kid, able to hop on the bike, ride five minutes, ten minutes down to the water. It's not a big uh, big island uh, north to south, so you could head to the water and fish um, pretty much any day after school. Um, great place to stay uh, connected with the, the Yankees and Mets. Um, oh, you're breaking our we heart won't hold with that, that one. Against you. We won't, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't no, make you a bad I, person. In my defense, you know, I, uh, when I, the time that I grew up watching the Yankees was the uh, time between, you know, their, uh, their win in the late 70s and um, their win in, the, in 96 with uh, Jeter and crew. So yes. um, I like to tell people that I actually grew up going and watching them lose every year. And people <laughs> would tell me, hey, you know, it's easy to be a Yankees fan. I'd say, what are you talking about? They've never won in my waking <laughs> oh. life. Um, what, then, uh, and that obviously changed again in 96. Yes. It, what a, uh, what a run. All right. So we got to talk really quick about the 96 world series, because that's one that for Atlanta Braves fans like Allison and I has stung forever. Um, Jim Layritz <laughs> hitting a three run Homer off Mark Wohlers. Uh, you know, man, that was, and that was, that was Andrew Jones, which should be a hall of famer, hopefully soon. That was like his coming out party. I want to say he hit three homers as a rookie in that World Series. I think Allison, does that sound about right? What, what did you have? What did you have for breakfast, Scott? Do you remember any of that, or just the '96 World <laughs> no, Series? No, no. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I can't believe that that memory. I you know I could not. I couldn't give you stats or, or specific plays. I just remember the win. But well, maybe that's me rubbing it in there. <laughs> well, first <laughs> off, I can appreciate true fans that stick with your team during during the losing years and then they're rewarded 
uh, I wish all fans were rewarded like the Yankees fans were during, during that run, but they're rewarded when things turn and it makes those good years so much better and more special. It just had, it just came at the cost. We, we thought the, the Atlanta Braves were going back to back from 95 and 96. They even had the series lead, but Hey, that's sports. That's how it goes. Um, so more of a Yankees fan than a Mets fan, Alex, is that, is that accurate? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, that's inherited, right? My dad's yes. watching the Yankees. I watch the Yankees. Love it. Love it. Allison, um, if I can uh, intrude on your question here, I want to talk about food for a second with Alex. So uh, growing up in Long Island, what's one dish that was just inseparable from your childhood? Oh, man. Um, you know, I, I, two things come to mind, but neither one's really related, right? One, again, you know, Long Island, you're surrounded by water seafood right and if you're out there you know catching fish uh with your family uh nothing like coming home at the end of that day and uh grilling up your own your own catch so mm. that that really was special and and uh i think i even appreciated how special that was since that was reality that i could do that all the time and you have you know great portions of the country where you can't just go out and do that any any day um mm. so that that that's one um the other is you know um my mother is uh um is Puerto Rican. And so, um, I did, I grew up, you know, kind of getting to do the steak and potatoes life and then also some really, uh, some really great, um, um, kind of Spanish style dishes. So mm. lucky. Allison making me hungry. I don't know about you. Oh man. That's, and I, I love that. Cause that's so different than, uh, I mean, if you think of New York, you think, you know, your pizza, you know, so I, I kind of figured you'd say something Italian. So I love the, the seafood and Spanish lean is that's awesome. That was there too, for sure. But but you're right. There's there's so much more, so much more to, to, to New York you. than pizza and bagels. So much. Heck yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> well, um, we really appreciate the chance to kind of get to know you a little better on a personal level, um, even if it did come at uh, uh, <laughs> it poured some salt in our wounds, didn't it, Well, you know, at least, but he's at least he's not a Dodgers fan. I mean, right. then we oh. would have to cut the interview short. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, so, yeah. Yes. Those, those fans in New York are, are Mets fans, aren't they? Uh, pretty yeah, much, right? Because yeah, you couldn't be a Dodgers fan. Then the Dodgers left. You couldn't be a Mets right. fan. You had to be a Mets fan. That's you're fair. right. You're yeah. right. I've got family in New York, and they're either they're either Mets fans or Yankees fans, and there is no mm -mm, there's no overlap. <laughs> well, That's I'm right. glad you connected those dots, uh, and we'll have to dive into – some of those, some of the reasons why the Dodgers are not at the top of our love list um, here lately, but we'll save that for a later show, uh, Allison and Alex. <laughs> um, Alex, I want to shift gears with you. Uh, I want to yeah. talk talk business, talk leadership, talk perspective, uh, point of view. We're going to talk about your current role and general dynamics, um, uh, information technology in just a second. But prior to your current role, what's a, a role or two that you held that really shaped your worldview? Yeah. Sometime before uh, General Dynamics from GDIT, um, I was lucky enough to work for PricewaterhouseCoopers, PwC. Um, you know, and I started in a in a U.S. regional role there in supply chain and procurement. Uh, but then I was lucky enough to get to lead uh, global IT sourcing and procurement uh, at that company. And, and you know, as far as shaping worldview, right? There's just nothing like um, being in a role like that, where you know you're you're working with 
150 countries across the uh, the world, um, you know, to to work on on uh, strategic sourcing and procurement, and you know, some of the the, the biggest deals um, that the company need to get done in order in order to keep the company operating, um, right? So, getting to work, you know, and plan on you know big uh, end user device or big software procurements and deployments, and not just doing that kind of in your own bubble. But having to collaborate with people in Germany, China, um, Australia, um, South America, right? All these different places, um, you know, getting to leverage their unique skill sets, uh, their perspectives on how the deal, you know, needs to be architected and satisfy their local needs. Um, it's a, it, it was an amazing learning experience. Mm. Um, Allison. Uh, kind of, I want to do a follow-up question to Alex and also maybe pose this to you, uh, Allison, uh, since you lead a manufacturing operation, we all value relationships, right? That's certainly how Allison and I are geared. It's kind of what I'm starting to pick up from Alex. Um, you know, the, the value of investing, if we've learned anything, you know, through the pandemic and now, unfortunately, through what's taking place in Ukraine and that, in that region, um, the value of relationships, uh, especially from that, um, you know, the sourcing procurement standpoint, but just being able to make it happen and and uh, have a strong, vibrant supply chain upstream and downstream uh, filled with trust. And you got to you got to take care of your suppliers, right? Because a, a supply chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Um, Alex, if you first could speak to that. And Alex, I'd love for you to speak to that as well. Alex. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's it's been something that I've really had to learn in my career, to be honest. Right. I'll just just to be you know, really transparent and, and honest. I think I started my career thinking, you know, just work really hard, right? Work really hard, be very technically good at your job and things follow. And certainly, right, um, you know, you can't, in supply chain, you can't negotiate deals, you can't uh, mitigate risk, right? You can't put uh, big enterprise deals in place without um, building your tech, technical acumen. Uh, but you learn pretty quickly that that's just, you know, one ingredient. Um, and that you're nowhere without without uh, people, and that so to your point, that's your suppliers. Um, are you treating each other, you know, well? Are you treating each other with respect? Um, are you making time for each other when things are going well, so that you're not just calling when things aren't going well? Um, you know, that's important. And then, of course, you know, we can talk about it, you know, now or later, right? But that extends to the team as well. Um, you know. It, it, you're, you're, I, you, we are nowhere without that really strong team that's around you and helping to make it happen every single day. Yep. Love that, Alex. Uh, strong vibes, lots of alignment there, lots of kindred spirits. Um, Allison, love to get your take on this. No, I love that. I, I totally agree. And right when you said, Alex, about um, making sure that, you know, you're, you've got that good relationship with suppliers, even when things are going well, it really made me think, okay, who have I reached out to recently that just to say thanks or, you know, just to check in on them. And it's crazy because my mind immediately went to, okay, well, who's done that for me? You know, it's like, well, hold on this, this is a two way street here. So yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, all right. So um, I want to move ahead to general dynamics, information technology, GT, GDIT. Is that right? Is that, can we call it that? Um, Alex. Yeah, GDIT. That's right. That's, GDIT. That's the lingo. Okay, I might yeah. save seven minutes in this interview by being able to <laughs> use that acronym. <laughs> um, but hey, 
let's let's level set a bit. It's one of our favorite words around here, right? Because it's it's really important to not assume that our listeners, you know, although we have the savviest, most intelligent audience in all of digital media, I've been careful to level set what folks may not know and and not assume anything there. So, for the handful of folks that may not know, what does the company do? Yeah, so I, I just at the highest level, um, we provide technology solutions and IT services to um, the government, specifically defense, federal civilian, uh, health, intelligence, and homeland security markets. Um, so, you know, our company is helping to, to build the capabilities that support um, the government, some of the government's most complex projects and missions. That is quite a niche, Alex. Uh, and, and it's a niche, but it's also a very broad. Those, those niches that you mentioned, those are deep industries with uh, common but also unique needs, right? Yeah, it's really true, and, and it's motivating. Um, you know, I've, I've worked for a few different um, types of companies. Um, you know, and and you know, supporting them in their supply chain uh, with great missions. But um, it's really inspiring, right? When you know that we're um, that the work we're doing, right, are enabling. IT systems or, or projects um, that are supporting, you know, um, government missions, right? Uh, around things like the VA, Department of State, um, Army, right? And the list goes on. Um, but to have that uh, connectivity, right? With, with you know, um, what some truly amazing people are doing in, in armed services and, and our government, to be able to support that, it's, uh, it, it really is amazing. I've, I've never loved being in supply chain as much as I do now supporting that. Wow. I love that. I can hear it's, I can hear you jumping out of bed in the morning, seriously, uh, uh, because yeah, of the types no of folks and projects and organizations you're supporting. Allison, along these lines, uh, you know, you and I are big military aviation buffs for a variety of reasons. Uh, buffs, I'm a big nerd when it comes to military aircraft. I'll be honest with you, uh, Allison. Uh, speak to, because, you know, your company, Wintech, obviously plays in that space. Speak to that, kind of along the lines of what Alex was just sharing. It's really cool to see that, the big picture. So we do a lot of aerospace defense products. So we do the product side rather than the service side. And it's cool to see how it's all integrated and how, I mean, going back to the supply chain in general and your suppliers that getting everybody to kind of play ball and be on the same sheet of music that no matter what, you're providing, whether government is your end user or your customer, no matter what, we're all in this for the same ultimate goal. And that is USA, USA. No, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's that, um, it's that supporting, supporting our, our civilians, our government, our, our country. Yeah. It, it's really amazing when you look at, uh, you know, you take your F-22, your C-130, you name it, the supply chain that comes together to ensure, and, and, you know, this table stakes are, are critical, uh, you know, not only protecting that pilot's life, but also being able to support the mission, national security and beyond. So it's amazing. I appreciate what organizations like both of yours, Alex and Allison do to protect that and, and, and enable that and optimize it. Um, so let's keep going down. So, um, Alex, uh, beyond the military aviation, uh, nerds here. We're also big supply chain nerds, and you're a chief supply chain officer uh, at GDIT. Tell us, uh, um, you know, we, we could probably speak hours about all the things that your fingers and toes are in, but what are a couple of key priorities you could share with us? Um, 
certainly in this industry, it's risk. Um, you know, and I and I'm going to say risk with a capital R, meaning um, in its broadest sense, right? Because you know, certainly we're hearing about things like cyber risk all the time, right? That gets the you know big press, um, and you've seen executive orders coming out um, about you know focused on protecting, uh, you know, focusing on uh, cyber security and improving cyber security in the government and um, in the supply chain. Um, but it's so much more than that, right? Um, you know, everybody knows now with COVID, there's delivery risk. That's really risk, really, really um, present and needs to be managed, um, right? Contractual risk. You know, there's just, there's a never ending list of um, things you need to think about nowadays in supply chain. Everybody, I think, knows it. It's been talking about it. Um, it's not just about negotiating a great deal anymore, right? It's not about controlling costs, can't save your way to zero, all that kind of thing. Um, so really, it's, it's you know, um, negotiating great deals is, is your table stakes. And then on top of that, a great supply chain needs to be managing risk. And, and um, that's not easy to do. So it's top of mind always for us. Mm -hmm. You know, <clears throat> speaking of uh, cyber risk, we've, we've seen just in the last couple of weeks, uh, logistics firms, a couple uh, uh, household names get interrupted, their operations uh, from cyber attacks. Allison, I know that that's kind of up your alley of interest and, and expertise. Your quick comment there. No, you're he's absolutely right. Alex is right, because there's so many different levels to that risk, too. So it's not like when you tackle one, the other one goes away. It's These are all just compounding each other and so it's it's tough to to wade through the noise but it's there for sure it's everything is interconnected it really is uh and gosh once uh the, some of these risks that y'all both are speaking to uh if if you don't mitigate one of them you leave yourself open and your organization your supply chain to to many others uh sometimes at the same time as we've seen in recent re recent uh, months and years Alex, let's talk about um, how the supply chain management uh, organization or team operations at GDIT is supporting government programs. You've kind of alluded to that. Can you any specific examples or, or um, programs there? Yeah, of course. And, and, and you're right. There's because there's two aspects to um, our supply chain job here, right? One is actually just supporting internal operations. Um, Right, which is common for a lot of supply chain organizations, right? What is it that the company itself needs in order to run, right? Um, but then for us, you layer on top of that, um, supporting our customers and our customers' needs. So it broadens our, our supply chain quite a lot. Um, you know, for instance, we have the Department of State is one of those programs um, where you know, our supply chain team is supporting, you know, their day-to-day -day needs. What do, what do they need? Um, and then that also includes when there are, um, you know, situations around the world. You know, things like when there are natural disasters like Irma. Um, our supply chain is there in order to deliver uh, what the Department of State needs worldwide. Mm. It seems like contingencies are just the, it's, it's the name of the game these days. Um, you know, and it's it's really amazing. Allison, let me get your comment here. It's amazing how proactive so much of our planning has become based on you know, the immersion of technology and how we're using it. But the surprises just keep getting, unfortunately, bigger and it seems like more frequent. But Allison speaks to that a bit. It's crazy too to think that you can't just create a template 
of a project and basically say, all right, here's the plug and play. When the government calls, we'll give them this and then we can plug in ABC. Everything is so unique and the needs are so unique. I mean, speaking back to the, the, the global work that ultimately GDIT has their fingers in because we are, I mean, we are global. Everything is global in, in our industries, what we're doing right now. So to think that there is no real plug and play you know, you, so you're having to constantly be on the move, constantly evaluate, evaluating risk. Um, there's a lot going on, and it takes everybody, uh, again, singing from the same sheet of music. No kidding. And, and, and the music changes sometimes by the hour, maybe even sometimes by the minute on some of the tougher days. Uh, and uh, so, uh, Alex, I want to shift gears once more. We're a fast-moving conversation. I think we're throwing a lot of, throwing a lot of stuff like at it. you. Uh, it, it's the only way to be, right? It's the only way to be. It's like the Baskin Robbins approach. Uh, I, I don't want just the butternut pecan. I want to have uh, some of the double chocolate, some of the Oreo. I want, <laughs> I want a little bit of it all. Um, we keep coming back to so, food here. I, I, I wonder if you did have breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you see? know, it takes a lot of comfort food to get through the times that we're facing, right? Uh, it's, it's good to depart from email and from the news and, and sit down with, with uh, something good to eat, I tell you. Um, let's, let's look at the, uh, when it comes to global supply chain, then let's broaden out our conversation a bit, uh, Alex, when it comes to global supply chain, you know, we, we, we've kind of talked a lot of different things here from risk mitigation to relationships, uh, sourcing, uh, some of the, uh, unique aspects of the projects and the types of projects and customers that y'all are serving at GDIT. But what else has your attention, whether it's news, innovation, challenges, you name it, uh, good news, whatever. What's one or two things that has your attention more than others right now? Uh, you know, I mean, we talked about a, a couple for sure. You know, imagining risk days top of mind, but uh, probably, you know, data analytics and automation. Um, you know, I, I just find that exciting. Um, you know, just finding those ways to um, um, create a more efficient supply chain right, and uh, reduce the amount of, of you know, manual touches that our team has to, has to make on a day-to-day -day basis so that um, you go back to the importance of people, right, continuing to refocus their efforts on, you know, the strategic, right? So, um, you know, instead of spending time trying to track various risks manually, right, the more data analytics and kind of risk alerts that we've got and that are being kind of processed in um, machine kind of um, form, right? More that we can uh, focus our people on analyzing those risks, on you know uh, socializing those risks with the right decision makers through governance, right? Um, engagement with you know our our CISO, engagement with our programs, um, right? So automation for the sake of making sure that our folks can really be focused on the strategic. I love that. Alex, I'm going to come to you for a quick follow-up in just a second. But Alex, uh, also kind of what you're speaking to, what I heard, is also freeing up your people from some yeah. of the mundane activities that you can really apply uh, you know, modern-day technology uh, to and, and creating opportunities for them not only to bring more value to the table using their judgment and expertise, but probably uh, in a more rewarding way for their career path, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's more rewarding for the career path. Uh, it's fun to think about those innovations and work with some incredibly talented teams we have to actually implement them. 
um, it makes everything more fun. And then, you know, the, the really exciting part of it is, you know, moving more and more away from reactive, right? We're never going to be able to, um, you know, completely predict everything that happens, right? Um, so we're always, you're always going to have aspects of, of reactiveness that are in the supply chain, but really exciting to think about, you know, A, helping people, like you said, enjoy the job more and put yourself in a position where you, you can get to more predictive about, you know, whatever it is, risk, price, et cetera. I love that, Alex. Uh, Allison, speak to that a second. And then I think we're going to, uh, unless Alex wants to share anything else, I think we're going to shift gears a bit. But Allison, speak to uh, what Alex is talking about there, kind of putting your people in a position to not only deliver the most value to the organization, to the mission, but also to in a role that is most rewarding and fulfilling to them. Yes, definitely. And I also heard a lot of being able to take the stuff that we know and that we're good at and applying it to whether that's automation or whether that's um, being able to do the, the simpler things more effectively and efficiently, um, just making us better at our jobs in general. And I think that the, the idea of implementing a lot of the automation and being able to take out the mundane, I think that's also key to attracting the next generation, the next, the next workforce, because you know, the younger generations, they don't want to do the, the boring stuff. They, they have already become light years ahead of many of us. So let's put their <laughs> skills to better use. So in, in light of that and kind of migrating into the workforce oh. conversation, Allison, oh, if, oh, I wait, can, got... if I can interject for a second, because uh, I got to sure. speak to uh, with three children at home. Uh, oh, yeah. light, I'm glad you said light years plural because holy cow, to see what they're doing now with technology at their ages of uh, 12, 9, and 8, it's amazing. Uh, amazing. Do you want jobs? But, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Allison, we'll make the connection. We'll see. But I, I got one more football analogy before we move into. Um, your next question, Allison, both of y'all made me think of, as you're, you're describing about the use of technology these days, um, you know, we hear the phrase blocking and tackling all the time, right? And it's really kind of meant to, um, not to demean the skills that are really involved in football when it comes to that, but it's really meant to be like the stuff that just has to happen, right? Almost in your sleep. Imagine a football team. If you could just ensure you could apply technology where blocking and tackling was going to be world-class. And you can save all your time to the next level. Imagine how dominant that football team would be. It'd be like the, uh, I'm assuming you're a New York Giants fan, Alex. Oh, maybe. I'm going to disappoint you. Uh, no, I, I, you know, I, uh, I never got into it much while I was there. And then when I went to school in Boston, I became a Patriots fan. So, oh, um, well, that's a perfect, that's even yeah. a better example. Frankly, it's a very better example and no, <laughs> no, not throwing any shade to our giants fans, listeners, you know, they had some great years nope. in 91 with OJ, Otis Anderson. Right. But man, the Patriots talk about, like, how do you just, uh, I, I'm, I'm a big nerd. I'm a big nerd, Allison, but, um, Alex, that's an even better example because gosh, talk about just, um, the table stakes and the basics, uh, of what the Patriots have been able to do so that they can spend more time and attention on the proverbial skill positions in the game. And it's led to what, five or six, whatever, how many titles they've had, right? Yeah, no, it's so true. Um, and it's funny because I know I'm, I'm going to go back to baseball too, right? Because um, I, I use this metaphor all the time, uh, which is kind of small ball, right? 
um, really focusing on hitting those singles, hitting those doubles. You get that that small ball strength down. Uh, the same kind of concept, right? Everything else, that, then you start to layer on top of it the home runs, right? And and you win games. Um, absolutely, that's uh, uh, that, that's how I see it for for supply chain as well. Gotta, I love gotta that master one. those basics and be strong with that. That's right. I love that one even better. You know, uh, analogies like uh, uh, speed never slumps, you know, or in basketball, you know, length, you know, height does never slumps. These, these, some of these basics, right? You put yourself in position uh, to build on the basis. Okay. Allison, thank you for uh, um, allowing me to kind of go down one little more path. But uh, what are we talking next uh, with course, Alex? Of course. Any any chance I can hear more stats and you just pull these. You are a veritable Encyclopedia Britannica. And for that oh. next generation, what those are, those are books that they used to have. No. Um, so, yeah. No, on, on that and Wagnalls. Funk and Wagnalls, as I thought, you know. That, that, I've had that to explain that to my obscure. daughters, too. <laughs> Did she? <laughs> All right. So those are so books. That's funny, the, Allison. Uh, these are those things. Right. No. So for that next generation and for those uh, for the, the younger uh, folks looking for a career in this industry in supply chain, what would you, Alex, give as a as career advice, um, key piece of advice you'd offer them if they thought, you know, I want to be in Alex's shoes one day? Uh, it's a funny question to even answer right because i don't know about you guys but uh i i don't feel internally older than 22 um so i still feel like the person who's starting in his career and so it feels a little strange uh, and alien to give anybody else advice um mm. but um but i do reflect on on some things you know like we and we talked about some of the some of these concepts right about um you know that i once thought you know technical proficiency was was everything and then i really had to learn that it is you know people it's relationships um valuing those so i um you know along those lines i i think that things that that i've learned that i i think about every single day um you know one um you know that technical skill set that's that that's important right and there's going to be times when and you guys have probably been through this you're just working too many hours um you know, you're going through rough patches. You don't realize it at the time, but it's actually a value, um, right? I mean, I remember feeling frustrated at times and kind of looked at the number of hours and the amount of work as um, a little bit of a burden. And I think I, I realized over time that I had to reframe that and realize it was an, op an opportunity, um, right? And that I could shift to, instead of I have to do this thing today, I get to do this thing today, um, right. right? I get to learn, I get to help, um, right. I get to just be a part of making something a little bit better. And I think when I learned to perceive the, the day to day in that, in that way, it was a shift for me. Right. And I just, I didn't have that in my twenties and my thirties. There may be a lot of people in their twenties and thirties who do, but, but I didn't. Um, and I, I think once I learned to see the day to day as, um, an opportunity to learn, to grow, to get stronger, um, that shifted for me. So that, that attitude mindset, um, you know, and just knowing that when you come out the other end, you know, of putting together um, that day-to-day -day significant effort, um, right, that that may be painful at times, um, you do, you come out stronger, um, and that's really what, that's what gets you where you want to be. Allison, I, really like I love that. that. I like that. Your take? Yep, I like the idea of, I don't have to do this, I get to do this. I like that a lot. 
Yes, it kind of embraces that uh, uh, that daily gratefulness or gratitude, rather. Um, that you know, sometimes can if you're having a tough day, sometimes that's maybe the last thing on your mind. But really, when you think about what's going on in other places around the world, we've got it really good. And uh, being grateful, and 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 Alex, how you spoke to how that kind of allows you to really lean in more, and and probably have a bigger impact uh, hour to hour, day to day. Um, all right, so Allison, you skipped over a question. So since you skipped over a question, I'm going to pose it to both of y'all. Uh, so Allison, we're going to talk about Eureka Moments, one of my favorite questions. So I'm going to pose it to Alex, and then I'm coming to you too, Allison. You're not getting out of, you're not getting out of answering that question. So when you think of the last uh, couple of years, again, it's, it's one of the things of our conversation, just, just uh, how much, uh, not only is it different, is it more challenging, but it's it's newly challenging, right? It's, it's, uh, we've had some long, the industry supply chain, global businesses had, um, some long held challenges, but man, we have really loaded up the cart on new, uh, complex, uh, new challenges that are new to business leaders and organizations alike. So, uh, with that as a backdrop, uh, when you think of the Eureka moment, maybe one in particular that really has been intriguing and impactful for you, Alex, in recent years, what would that be? You know, um, some are probably worth repeating, right? I think that we've talked a little bit about, you know, when you think about COVID and you think about, you know, um, supply chain constraints, um, you know, the, the, you know, one of the things was that, you know, I always knew that supply chain could be strategic, right? Uh, and that you could rely on supply chain to really, you know, help you with better deals and to manage risk. Uh, but certainly, the past couple of years have have um, showed me that it's even more than that, right? I, 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 it's no longer about having a strategic supply chain. In my mind, supply chain really can be your competitive differentiator. Um, I'm not sure before the last couple of years that I necess I personally necessarily saw you know supply chain as as a competitive differentiator even, right? But nowadays you just see it, and there's certain companies where their supply chains are or were more durable going into this. Um, and they're moving through you know, or navigating through this environment um, in a more agile fashion than others. Um, and, and it's amazing to watch. Um, so certainly Eureka moment, um, the supply chain is not just strategic, but it really can be, you know, the difference maker at a lot of companies. Agreed. Agreed. And, you know, part of that uh, comes from how we've empowered consumers via e-commerce, but also in retail and in, in other different ways to uh, expect to, for companies and business to meet them where they are at the price that they want uh, with the product and the choice and the quality and the experience. And by the way, uh, with uh, especially from a retail standpoint, we're going to take it back and make that easy uh, to, to, to ensure they've got what they want. It's, it's fat. It's, I'll tell you, I'm not sure what we're going to be tackling in 50 years from now, but this, this era we're living through now, to your point about how supply chain is, is positioned to be one of the most uh, important differentiators uh, and difference makers in business. It is absolutely fascinating. Um, Allison, uh, Eureka moment for you in the last couple of years. I think for me, it's really been the new understanding that so much more is interconnected than I think I gave it credit for. The, the systems thinking angle of things that, of course, we can look back and say, well, of course, that happened. That's because of that. Um, 
everything from, I mean, I know for months we talked about the toilet paper shortage during COVID, you know, and then all of a sudden, then we started seeing bullwhip effect and you started seeing sales on toilet paper because there was too much. Um, things like that, th those kind of like mini pieces of supply chain uh, observations were fascinating to me. But now that we're dealing with this off ramp of COVID um, and the workforce challenges and, you know, fallout from everything from the push to get vaccines out to just all these pieces that are interconnected that ultimately are playing into a lot of the things that Alex talked about earlier, those, the, the risk assessment of, okay, I need to plan accordingly because if this happens, I need to pivot and do this. So a lot of those kind of conversations just seems to me to be moving a lot quicker. Well said, Allison, completely agree. Um, okay, Alex, we have reached near the end of our time with you here today. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, really, we're gonna have to have you back uh, and we're gonna maybe bolt on a couple more hours so that we can really dive deeper into your sports past, um, Alex, <laughs> and your culinary uh, past. But um, how would you suggest, I, I imagine beyond all that's on your plate uh, with uh, at General Dynamics Information Technology, I imagine you're pretty active in the industry doing a bunch of different things, but how can folks connect with you and learn more about GDIT? Um, yeah, absolutely. We're always looking to connect with folks, uh, especially amazing talent. Um, so for us, you know, GDIT website, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, anything like that works. Uh, we want to hear from folks. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, Alex McGuire, really have enjoyed your time here today. Thanks so much for spending it. Uh, Alex is Vice President and Chief Supply Chain Officer for General Dynamics Information Technology, and we hope to see you again really soon, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, Alex. All right. Allison, home run guest. Cool. I tell you, we shot yeah, through. He really is. Uh, and I'll tell you, we could have we could have spent so much more time on the front of that conversation, but also on, on the food and sports. Right. <laughs> right. Always, isn't it that way? I mean, you can really but, sell a person. Uh, and judge a character as long as they like sports and food. Right. Exactly. Um, right. No, I think from a from a leadership standpoint, uh, Alex seems to be a very uh, conscious, deliberate study of of uh, forward looking leadership. So I got to ask you, Allison, I got two quick questions before we wrap with you. Uh, first thing is what, if, if you think back of what everything that Alex McGuire with GDIT shared with us here today, what's one thing that you would, you would uh, suggest to our listeners that they really wrap their head around? I think it's really important that the people piece, and he stressed it from an early point, even from, you know, riding his bike to go get seafood with family as a kid and, and spending time all the way through enabling his team to be able to be uh, efficient and effective using automation and technology and and just teamwork in general but those relationships i think are vital and that's that's i think that the key theme today agreed and and also to to uh, add to that empowering your people whether it's technology or, or other things right um i talk about this a lot but we were having a, a panel session uh, uh, about a year or so ago and it was a supply chain executive from a, a big hardware organization, a well-known hardware organization. And she was talking about how some basic, uh, she was talking about how some employee requests pre-pandemic, one was related around expense reports and how they can make it easier. And all the employees were asking for 
certain things. And they leadership said no. And then she was talking about that here in the middle of the pandemic where everything else has changed. And she was like, what were we thinking? Of course, let's do this. This is easy. And it was just, it was a very powerful Eureka moment for me because sometimes you're dealing with small potatoes and you don't even know, right? And, and, and that should be just table stakes. Let's make it, e- let's make it the easy stuff. Let's make it easy, right? Let's take care of our people and make their day-to-day as easy as possible, especially based on everything else they're tackling. Um, so I, I love Alex's take on, uh, on some of the things here today. So Allison, thanks for facilitating today's interview, but let's make sure folks know how to connect with you. You're, uh, not only at WinTech where you lead the, uh, the company there, but you're doing a lot of great, great work in the community with things like the Dave Krejci foundation. How can folks connect with you? Uh, find me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect there. I'm there a lot. Allison Giddens on LinkedIn and uh, yeah, feel free to reach out. It is just that easy. She's everywhere, folks. She's everywhere. <laughs> Allison, a pleasure to have this conversations with you. Uh, big thanks to thanks all the very, great me. work. This was fun. It was a lot of fun. And I appreciate your, your time here. Big thanks again to Alex McGuire uh, with General Dynamics Information Technology, home run interview here today. Folks, thank you to our listeners that uh, make all this possible. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. I want to encourage you to find Supply Chain Now wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss conversations just like this one. But whatever you do, hey, be like Alex and Allison. Hey, do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.